the lies I mentioned was like, like I belie- believed, like no one cared. You believe that there is no one there and you believe that you're worthless. And like, why haven't I been in a relationship in three years? And like, why does nothing work out? And like, why don't I have any friends? <laughs> there's like so many things you have to like front and there's some things like you also need to take uh, responsibility for. And that was like kind of the biggest thing that, you know, got me out of all those like really bad thoughts. You have to understand that you're the villain of your own story. To think that you're just the victim to the world's things, and like that's why you're sad. Like there are things that happen outside of your control and like people do bad things to you and that will happen. But you have to look in the mirror and be like, I have done bad things. I have tendencies that are not healthy. I have habits that are not healthy. Like I treat people like shit. You don't, it's hard to like look at yourself like that, but you have to front it. Like we all have the dark sides of ourselves and a lot of that feeds into feeling lonely. This week's episode is a bit different than the regular format of these conversations and is something that I plan on continuing with my best friend and honestly the best dude I know, Jake Rosenberg, uh, a little bit more frequently. I've known Jake for about seven years now and no one knows me better than him. This conversation was a lot of fun as we reflect on some of our experiences over the last couple of years from meeting in Bulgaria and some of the wildest moments that happened there, including when Jake was shot at twice and a summarized version of when I was almost stuck in Europe right at the beginning of COVID. Some insights into loneliness and a brief look into the backstory of Speak. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> All right. Well, we're just going to yeah get right into it. So uh, how the hell are you, bud? Uh, I'm just, I'm dandy, you know? It's good to hear. Life's good, dude. What about you? It's been a kind of crazy week. Has it been? Past. Yeah, I guess I went to Nashville last. Dude, I don't even know what days or what now. I think uh, it's like Thursday. Thursday? Wednesday, you... Thursday. No, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Came home, went to Idaho. But yeah, that and then uh, the cold fronts are setting in. So Is it colder in Idaho? Not really riding bikes. It's way colder. Way colder? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Dude, I might be moving to Arizona or St. George. Just so you can bike? Dude, not a fan of the cold weather. Not a fan of the cold weather. Yeah, I never knew that. Especially well, I loved it my whole life. But you're a skier. Yeah, I mean, I'll be out there this winter, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Right. I'm missing the warm, though. I'm down. All right. Well, Eddie, what, what, what have you been up to? What's been, uh, what's been going on? Dude, my life is the exact same right now. I'm, I have guys trying to recruit me for the same job, just in different parts of the country, and it gets old. So, God, as far as interesting goes, nothing. Nothing, man. All right. Well, we need to change that, I guess. I would hope so, but the time, dude. Well, uh, we'll get back into, I think it's funny how we always kick up the trail running when it's snow covered trails. Yeah. <laughs> Once it gets freezing. So we usually head out. All right. My stand just broke. Yeah. All right. So I guess we've, uh, kind of go in the history of our friendship and this episode. This is not your official speak. I had, a, I had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, I don't think this is no, going to no, be my no. like official. No, this will just be kind of our. No, I have a banter. I, I have a unique position in Carter Machen's life. <laughs> um, 
Dude, not many What's people. That? That, just like a not, not everyone gets to say they're Carter Machen's best friend. That's you know true. I mean? No one does. Like, <laughs> I think it offers me a very unique position or just like view. It, yeah, insight into your life that not a lot of people get. I, w- I would argue that nobody knows you the way I do or gets to I see would, what's uh, happening in your life like I do. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because yeah, how long have we been friends? <laughs> a few. Seven years? Six? Has it been six years? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. So, uh, yeah, Jake and I, we met in Bulgaria, in the beautiful city of Slevin. <laughs> and, uh... First time we met, we went and played pool underneath. In the bottom of a hotel. Yeah, was that hotel of- even running? Or was it just the bar no, in the bottom? I'm sure it was an abandoned building. I never, but- yeah, I never saw it. Like people coming and going. Dude, I never went upstairs. I, yeah. There's like this basement entrance and they like these saloon swinging doors and, and like six pool tables. You guys used to ask the lady to play Me, Myself, and I by G-Easy on yeah. repeat. Yeah. So I- <laughs> we played a lot of billiards in the bottom of this hotel. Yeah, and I was I was new to the country, had never done anything fun. You didn't ever. even speak Bulgarian, really? You didn't speak Bulgarian, didn't... I didn't have... A, no, dude, my life was hell for six weeks. All of our lives were hell, dude. And, and then all of a sudden, I'm in the bottom of a hotel playing pool with the coolest guys. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty fun. And <laughs> then uh, the next day, we scaled the side of our apartment building and bought a grill and hauled it up there <laughs> <laughs> and cooked steaks on the roof. Dude, I don't know. If that the, was the first time. No. That was the start of all this. Dude, I don't know if, like... The actual grilling of the pork chops on the roof was the best, or hauling a grill home through Yambo, Bulgaria, so that we could have something to cook on. True. And all the cool coals. And then we had to light a shirt on fire because we didn't have, oh, we didn't yeah. have tinder. <laughs> we had nothing else to cook with. So we, we burned a shirt, the pork chops, steaks, whatever they were, they didn't cook. No, we didn't, we didn't even eat them. It was just... Uh... It was just sitting it on the top a of a, an apartment complex by scaling up the roof outside of our window, like our balcony. Yeah. But we did cook sausages on it the next morning, which... I think that was the only time that grill was used. I don't think we ever used it again. I don't think so either. But and when... Okay, when we say a grill, it wasn't... <laughs> it wasn't a grill. It was like a glorified pot on sticks. It was, it was what? A, like a foot and a half tall? <laughs> maybe arguably probably. yeah it was like a, a very thin metal bowl with <laughs> like that we filled with charcoal and a burning shirt so yeah we I, were learning i think that was the first time i ever tried to grill probably same i don't, I don't know if i've even tried since then but <laughs> yeah our time uh our time together in yomble was uh it was pretty fun that was the first time that was the closest i've ever been to burning down a building uh, well with the German pancake? Yeah. Dude, you got to tell it. <laughs> so, Jake was, was a little under the weather. And so he's deathly like, ill. Yeah. You were like pretty dead on the couch. Okay. Like, so I was bored. And so I wanted to make some German pancakes. And uh, they say you put the, they say, it's the recipe. It's what you're yeah. supposed to do. Put butter in the pan, melt it in the in the pan in the oven but it hit, like the pan was tilted so all the butter was like pooling on like one side and it was so hot and i reached in to like grab the pan 
And when I picked up the pan, like all the butter, like rushed to the dry side of the pan that was like a thousand degrees and it just like started sizzling and popping and bubbling and it shot up and like hit the it hit wire. the coils yeah dude. the coils on top of the oven and then this ball of fire like shoots out of the oven dude like, like i fell erupted. like i f- put like fell back i have a picture of you on your back like reaching back trying to grab like a towel or yeah, something yeah and then i like, grab to... a towel and i just start like whipping like the oven and like fire was just like coming out yeah, for like quite a bit. It just enveloped in flames. I mean, like that that city was hilarious. There was like there's a rule not to walk into the mukla from the top. Like the a, ghetto, yeah. The ghetto. Like you you're not supposed to walk in through this to the top, only through the side. And you remember like the the one day we did it? Yeah, well, we, I was going to say the freaky deekies, but oh, we yeah. we have no other word for them, but <laughs> a lot of uh for everyone listening there's just a lot of prostitutes in that country yeah there's a fair share <laughs> and they sure uh they try and get you dude they're like heat seeking missiles coming through the top and you're just you're just asking for it yeah but bulgaria was it was a time it was intense but it was rad and i mean then, you you've actually been back though like you went back and you were able to go see like god's eyes you were able to see the monasteries that we weren't allowed to go to. Like you, mm-hmm. you probably have some pretty rad stories from that place. Yeah. I mean, the country is weird. You know, the way I described it when I landed there the first time, <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like a war zone. Yeah. No. Everything's dead. It was like foggy. Mm-hmm. If everyone's been like seeing the news of like the Ukraine and Russia, it looks the exact same. You know, like the yeah. communistic blocks and all that type of stuff. But it's like uh, a real brutalism type of architecture, like very strong, prominent buildings, just blocks for miles. Yeah, with random monuments, like all I'll Soviet give it to era. Them. Dude, I love their parks though. They had pretty good parks. They have good parks. Like they, they actually feel like parks. They feel like you're actually stepping out of a city, though. I'll give them that. It's true. I mean, I, I would assume. Okay, no, I actually did walk through, uh, why can't I, the one in New York? The one, Grand, 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 it's not Grand Central Station. (laughs) What's that park called? It's called Central Park, isn't it? Central Park. Yeah, okay, I did walk through that once. I almost called the Grand Park. So it's kind of the same. Like, you get a step away, and then it's like this, like an actual park. Because here, there's not, it's like an HOA run playground. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And they're not fun or enjoyable to go to. But, yeah, dude. And then uh, you were there. I went home. You went home on September 27th. <laughs> Left me there. Wow, you, still, you still remember that? Ingrained, dude. Like, burned into my memory. Just September 27th, Machen left. I had 13 months left on the mission. Or just like my time left there, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, sounds good, dude. But you like you started sending me emails. You were making videos of going to like Yellowstone. You sent me a picture of the falls, like the oh, firefalls in fire falls in Yosemite. That's where I was, was enjoying life, and you were not. No, I wasn't. But dude, I was making it through. You learned some good lessons. You meet some good people. But you learn a lot of lessons out there, and I guess kind of from your side of it. Like, what were some of the big ones you took from being? A naive 18-year-old. In that country? Dude, I... 
I don't, I tell people all the time, like if there's anything, there's a ton that you learn over there, but especially it's just like my capacity to do things that one, I either don't want to do or to just absolutely figure out how to proceed when you're like, dude, there's no way I can continue doing anything like this. It improved tenfold. Like, like the mental resilience of... Dude. Because <laughs> what they say about insanity and doing the same thing over and over without, you know, a changed result. Yeah. But whether it just taught me how to be temporarily insane, I, I like to look at it more like it taught me how to run or continue doing something to just delay gratification and for better or for worse i mean you were there you you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah but that threshold of mental pain that i'm able to just like sit at now i i'm probably most grateful for that yeah there was things like looking back on that now being 26 and then being like I was an 18-year-old kid from Idaho. Right. Hadn't really left. I hadn't left. I'd gone to Canada once <laughs> or twice when I was like super young. Shout out mama. Mama bear. But, uh, and then being thrown in that environment as an 18-year-old. Yeah. And just like the things that we just had to do. Dude, I was punched in the back of my head on my 20th birthday. Nice. Yeah. Like, that, I, I didn't learn a lot from it. I'm just saying, like, that type of environment, like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, it leaves some scars, you know what I mean? Oh, like, like Machen, it's not, like, oh. daily you get spit on, but, like, it's pretty often. It's just, it's to the point where something happens, just like, oh, it happens. Machen ran up behind me inside of a subway and grabbed my oh, bag. Oh, that, dude, I thought you were going to hit me. I thought, I, I thought I was going to Yeah, robbed. so Jake was walking down, like, this long corridor into like the subway of Sofia, <laughs> Bulgaria. And uh, yeah, I ran up on him. And so we used to wear like these little man purses. Oh, they're cute. They're super convenient. Still have mine. I think I have mine too somewhere. I hope so. But they're like leather. They're a purse. Yeah, it's absolutely a purse. It's kind of, I was kind of bummed coming back to the States because we like, you just you don't, don't use those. You just here. don't. I mean, you could wear fan, like the fanny pack thing's a thing now. Cross body bag. Yeah. Something like that. Also, not a huge fan of that style, but I wouldn't wear one. But the little leather purses are nice. <laughs> anyway, I ran up on Jake and I like just grabbed it to like act like I was robbing him. <laughs> Dude, it looked like you like were ready to kill somebody. Bro, I turned around, fist balled, like arm cocked. Yeah, like, you almost swung on me. I I don't know, man. I did you ever get robbed? You um, got shot at. I got shot at twice. Okay, le- twice. Twice. Okay, we'll tell those. I only know one of them. <laughs> Which one do you know about? The guy with the damn silencer. Oh, it was Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, we were walking down the street. Um, and the guy I was with at the time was just, he was like, man, we got to be out here. We got to be talking to as many people as we can. And he, I mean, he had stopped multiple people in that street already. Mm-hmm. And about five yards in front of 10 yards, yeah, 10 yards, there's this guy and he's kind of like, he reaches into his trunk and so his back is turned to us. And I'm like, dude, perfect. I'm like, this guy's like preoccupied. He's going to turn around. He's got a minute, but he turned around and he was like messing in his hands, like at his torso for a second, like mm-hmm. right in his belly. And at the time I thought he was trying to fix a crescent wrench or 
or, well, not a crescent wrench, like a ratchet. Yeah. And I was like, dude, maybe his tire's busted. Like, this is a great opportunity. I, I know a thing or two about cars. Maybe I can stop and help him out. I was like, bro, this is perfect. And Coleman picks up the pace, and he's, like, kind of walking past this dude, like, trying to get past him, like, yo, like, let's stop. I'm halfway through, like, hey, let's stop, and I turn, and this dude has a gun in his hand, and he's fastening a silence to the top of it, and I was like, of course, man, and he turns, looks, it's just did you dead. Act, so when you saw the gun, did you think he was really going to shoot you, well, like, absolutely. at you, or, like, no, but, like, it was kind I, of scary, yeah. I was like, maybe he's just going to, like, brandish and try to scare us, just because, yeah. Got a lot of threats dude, over yeah, there. Yeah, everyone loves to mess with us over there. Yeah. But he turns and, dude, he fires two shots off in the air. And I was like, just, dude, just in the air. Just two straight up in the air. And there's probably 20 feet to the end of the building, and we have to run down and get around it. But how far just, away are you from him? <laughs> dude, we're not 10 feet away. What? Straight up. Fires up in the air, points the gun at us, and just says, run, boys. <laughs> Coleman and I were like, Okay, dude. We hell? turn and we just book. Like I've I've never ran that hard in my entire life. He Coleman's like running and kind of like getting between like almost like telephone poles and like the generators that used to be on the zig, side of the street. Z- zig and yeah, zag. like he's he's zigzagging. I'm beelining. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna get shot in the back. Um, I turn and I get around the corner and I realize like Coleman's not with me. I'm like, dude, where the like what happened to Coleman? So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go get him, and I go sprinting back around the side. But luckily, like, oh, right, what a friend, man. As I well, as I run around the side, he's booking, and yeah. we run straight into each other, like nice. right on the corner. And I was like, oh, good, dude, you're here. Good, you're not dead. Yeah, yeah. So ran back, got away. Like, like whether the dude actually wanted to kill you, yeah, like, kill us. No idea. Like whether he, like he I might mean, just wanted to scare, scare us. It's, it's enough. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's enough to. So to what was the second? Where, the, <laughs> the second dude, I was. You remember McMillan, the Zach, yeah. Zach. I was with Zach, and we were just standing on a. We were standing in the middle of the street where you wait for buses. Mm-hmm. You remember the bus stops where you go underneath the street and then yeah. you pop out into the middle. In the middle median. So yeah. we're standing on the median waiting for just a bus or something, I yeah. guess. Hanging out there when this car comes tearing past us, guy leans out and he's yelling at us, passenger seat yelling at us. We're like, yeah, whatever. Like, who cares? People yell at us every day. Until he flipped back around. And as he's coming, tearing back up the street, passenger side window rolls down. Guy leans out, just fires one single shot. (laughs) Just straight at us. Misses. Dude next to us hits the deck, like covering his head. Like army crawls back down the stairs a little bit. And I, I just oh don't think God. it processed in my head, like, because I was. You're just, sta- you just. That, that to stand was there. like two weeks after I was with you. I was still brand new into Bulgaria. I was still there. Yes. This, Dude, like, you didn't tell me this story. I do. I thought it was just normal, and like I'm standing there, and we just kind of like patted ourselves down and looked at each other, and was like, "Are you good?" Or, and the guy's like, "Are you guys idiots? Get down here!" So we went back down and like underneath the street with that guy that hit the deck, and we just were kind of down there for a minute, dude. And it was like, "Well, it's <laughs> huh. like, so what, what do we do from here? Filed a report or whatever, said we got shot at, and went on our day." So like that was even before the one with Coleman. Yeah, dude, I have not heard that one, dude. How? I don't know. <laughs> you haven't told me. <laughs> we just. 
I don't know. Like I, <laughs> like the fact that like I mean I never got shot at, and like those are really intense. But there's like so many things that happen over there that we never processed or like talked to anyone about, and it was just like like we're not we're not videoing, so you can't see it. But like like this is from when I got when that kid put his cigarette out on me in Pazerjik, and oh, I was yeah. just like cool well thanks like why did we do that i i i wish i gave that suit away to a kid named vladi but uh hmm. they still had the burn mark on the sleeve good times dude yeah what a what a place yeah it was just every day was just something was something new but like in the moment it was it sucked so bad you know what I mean? Like it, that, during our time there, it was terrible. But it's like I think it's so funny now. How I look back on all the variety that we had every single day, and I'm always like, "Hey, you know what? Like that was actually kind of cool. Like that was kind of fun." But maybe I just compare it to my routine now, and I'm like, "Oh, like it would be fun to have a little mix up now and then." Uh, I mean. <laughs> mix up, yeah. I mix guess. up, yeah. I mean, I mean I've got a pretty. Not road routines life, but like I wouldn't want anything that we went through over there in my now daily life. All right, dude, it was straight fear every day. It's like, what's gonna like, dude? I think I came home with like a good amount of PTSD, probably. I or paranoia, probably paranoia. An ass. Oh well, I remember you at the end of of it all. You weren't the kindest person, but yeah, like. That was a weird one. Like my parents, like sat me down after a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, sat me down's a little, you know, <laughs> a little strong. stern. Yeah, yeah, a little stern. But like we talked about it, and uh, you had to be, you had to put on like a very hard, like a very just thick skin. So the culture there, strong front, dude. And yeah, the people that you had to like, you had to be an ass back to them. Like you had to be. Instead of love language. Yeah. Like you just had to be like so like hard with them. Yeah. Well, it's funny that it transfers over here because when working with diff- difficult personalities here, it's funny how fast I can revert back to just having to put on that front. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I'm usually a very nice just congenial yeah. person everyone likes you you're uh Thanks, you're man. a very nice guy i'm i'm i try to be extremely congenial but it's funny how quick i have uh, if i'm just like oh like you're you are genuinely i'm not sure what i'm about to say so you are like genuinely a bad person or genuinely just you just don't care you're type a you're rude you're you're brash so yeah. if i have to flip that switch and come back to Did just you have to match it yeah and you can sometimes they respect it and sometimes they're like wow i mean it's definitely a strong rude. i think skill set uh to have i just dude that country <laughs> changed me i think forever bro you, and it's fun, you like, could have you, irish like, goodbye to the entire everyone you know what i mean you could have it's my new favorite thing and <laughs> oh, you know, know. this oh, it's I our know. it's our running joke yeah absolutely but even like when we were hanging out years ago when you got back and I was meeting all your friends and everyone's like, I don't think Carter likes me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married for 
two years <laughs> and my wife just a few months ago was finally like you know i think i'm starting to get carter like i think i'm starting to understand that maybe he does like me and i'm, I'm like see yeah he's got a great heart it's in there yeah hey <laughs> somewhere good with kids no i'm not <laughs> no yeah. no you are sometimes my niece your and niece my niece only yeah nieces true okay well i'll give you that i just the the best yeah, I, got, the, I got a really hard resting bitch face over there and i'm trying to it never really <laughs> one of the first times i ever had you come hang out with my friends and i will never forget it i turned around and carter was just gone like hadn't said goodbye to anyone hadn't like he, when was he this? just when i i was still living in orem oh. and i mean you dab me up and you're like hey i'm gonna head out in a bit i was like okay dude just like let me know and we're still we're just hanging out talking Turn around, Carter's gone. And everyone's like, did, did that kid leave? Like, he, he didn't say goodbye to anyone. Like, I didn't even know he's... And I was like, well... It's my favorite thing to do. I know. And it kind of adds to the character of the situation. I respect it. I just hate... I just hate goodbyes in any social interaction. Because, like, <laughs> wherever... I don't even... Honestly, I don't even think you can argue it. You're in a place, you're around a bunch of people, and you know them, your friends, acquaintances, whatever. And mm-hmm. you're... Let's just say you make the rounds. Okay. This is how every conversation goes. Great to see you. Yeah, we definitely need to get together. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but what if it's, it's with not. someone that you actually think you'll get together with? Then I'll get together with them. Or you just text them later, but you're not yeah. going to say bye? No. <laughs> Maybe. If they're, if, if they're like right there. But hey, man, I'm out. See ya. Mm-hmm. But like, I was at a Halloween party. I went to my first Halloween party this year. Kudos from when probably the last one i went to before this one was i was in high school maybe anyway strong maybe strong maybe and uh yeah you just dip out it was like well i don't know man I, for the shits and giggles goodbyes to everyone you know i'm just like hey maybe i'm, I'm a little more of a hugger that's why you have maybe. more friends than me <laughs> Maybe you got better friends than I do. Hey, who knows? Keep a small table. <laughs> oh, we're sitting at a small table. This might be too many chairs. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, for you, it might be. <laughs> uh, I'm really giving off quite the... Uh... Well, dude, why are you that way? What do you think it is? Um, Genuinely. Oh, I guess this episode will be my therapy session. Good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Happy you really opened up there, dude. I, <laughs> took the lid off. Yeah, I took the lid off. I'm really pouring it out. You know, that's a really good question. You just... What? Like you, why I keep a small table? That type of thing? Yeah, like a small table. Like goodbyes aren't important. You know, like you see people and it's like, hey, like maybe we'll hang out. But I have a, I have a pretty strong feeling even sometimes when... You know, I've introduced you to people and they're like, this was fun. We'll have to do this again sometime. And I can just see this look in your eyes where you're like, hey, I might nod at you if I see you in the future. But like, <laughs> yeah, know. no, we're not. This yeah, it's, it's like it, you're, I'm not going to give you my number. <laughs> um, that's true. I think it's like a weird thing just being like an adult now and like, dude, making friends in the mid 20s. Not your jam. I don't think it's anyone's jam. You know how hard it is? <laughs> yeah. You're right. And like you're married, so like our life and like dynamics are a little different, but like 
I've met some cool dudes out there. Yeah. And like I wish I, w- I wish I had a bigger like friend group to like go do stuff with. Okay. But uh you meet some cool guys and like you're like well they're cool. But like you just don't hang out. You're like yeah. Huh. I don't do that. Like it, yeah, I don't know either. I just I'm just trying to find the philosophy behind it. Like yeah. I understand like the whole, you know, four quarters better than 100 pennies or 10 times, like that kind of talk, but I just like yeah, I guess. It, were you like that in high school though, dude? Oh no, dude. I had so many friends. And then you just was it Bulgaria? Was it I maybe was it moving to Utah? It kind of gave no. you like a fresh slate, you know? Bulgaria definitely changed me a bit, but then it was also, you know, I was in a year and a half of a horrible oh, relationship. I was, I was present. You were very present. Yeah. Uh, and so like that cut off a lot of relationships and ties and friendships and was it, I, and that, you know, I definitely was secluded myself. I did. I remember. And at that time you also moved out to Ventura. I moved to California and this is kind of a, a good philosophy. <laughs> if you're depressed or sad or like you don't like your current situation and you think traveling is going to fix it uh-huh. or like moving anywhere else is going to fix it. Right. It won't. It won't at all. It, well, is it the isolation at aspect that oh, hurts that, that would, more? Okay, that's or a whole other, it? that's a whole other thing. But like, what's the saying? Like you are who you hang out with. No, no, no. It's like, Oh, you are the, where you're at. Like wherever you take yourself, you'll be. Um, it's like I was in a horrible spot, and I thought going to California was going to fix it. Yeah, I was just as sad. I was just in <laughs> California. Like this, this fact that like I had that thought process, and I think a lot of people do. I'm sad, and I'm in California. This is bullshit. And alone, <laughs> and I literally had no friends. Like it was just work, and I didn't have anyone. Were you in the house alone? Did yeah. You? No. 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 All alone. You didn't have like didn't a have few, a roommate. I yet. thought you had a few roommates that worked there as well, no. or it was seriously just like you, me, and a house in Ventura. I made some climbing friends, but Dang. they were in their like thirties and forties, dude. But it was like you've got to really work on yourself before, like that's the bottom line. Uh, and like I'm. Yeah, there's like, if you're in a toxic environment, yeah, you should leave. Well, I mean, I don't want to compare it. I don't want to compare it to like the a phoenix rising from the flames. I know that we have in the past. I think it's just kind of cheesy. But the amount of conversations that we've had about, well, I moved here. I was alone. I took the time to learn about myself. You know, you spent countless hours on all sorts of drives where you're just thinking to yourself, countless hours climbing alone we don't even have to talk about the impact that biking started to have on your life and how much time you spent on a bike alone. And then it's finally, you hit this point one day where you're just like, dude, I, I'm not sad today. And I was like, that took a long time, but it was a good years, years. Like it's hard to put all of that into just one sentence. Like I just did because people don't understand, but yeah. And like, it was a really, you know, man, 
what was it like two years of just like really dude just bad shit for like at, at least two like, years of just uh yeah and so those were a lot that was a lot of time alone and that wasn't healthy alone time like no. it was just shit all around and Dude. yeah and i was alone during it and that just wasn't good either but then like you know getting into like the biking mm-hmm. like biking changed that entirely and changed my life entirely because like I was so weak mentally in so many aspects of my life, like mm-hmm. across the board. <laughs> like, oh, dude. It's, you know, I, it's, I don't, I haven't had a ton of deep talks about this, I guess, openly as well. You've heard them. But yeah, like, but, and I'm not trying to make you go there, but. but no, like I think it's important because it's, you know, the backstory of this podcast a well, little bit. Like, yeah, but like the I title and holy, everything. But like I remember like the first time we went biking. I have screenshots from that day of Carter got done on his ride, pulled over into a church parking lot where he all but fell off his bike from like pure dead exhaustion, FaceTime me, just laughing his absolute butt off about like I don't know what I'm doing on this bike, dude. I have no idea. Like yeah, because I got and into it. Like, I, no one taught me, showed me the ropes. Like, you were on your dad's like, bike. When yeah. you, <laughs> Shoes didn't fit. Bibs didn't fit. Like, looked like a gomer, had ankle socks. Like, the whole nine. And I didn't know what I was doing. Ankle socks. I, yeah, you don't wear ankle socks if you're riding a road bike. I might. No, you won't. All I'll right. I'll let you do that. Go on. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know what I was chasing, and I don't know mm-hmm. why I kept doing that. And because I was working for a company, got that bike on discount, so I was mm-hmm. like, I'd ridden my dad's bike a couple times, but then I got that nicer one. I was like, I'll try this out. Yeah. And I rode. I think that summer I rode like I don't even know how many miles it was, like seven hundred or like six hundred miles in like that whole summer, and. I had that goal to do like a century, 100 miles alone. Yeah. And I went to like the Teton Valley, like started in Victor and just like rode around in the valley. And it took me like, I want to say like nine hours. To ride a century? I took so many breaks. Like, oh dude, I hated that day. So I think I cried like four times throughout that ride. And you just, just kept going. And I was you, like, that was the thing. I was like, why? And this is like a fun thing to talk about. Like other cyclists and like other endurance people. It's like, what you hit a point where you're like, what the <laughs> hell am I doing? Right. I've been pedaling these stupid pedals for, well, in that situation for me, eight hours. And like, it hurt so bad. <laughs> And you had 20 miles left to your car. And yeah, and it's still like an hour and a half and you're seven hours deep. And it was like, what am I doing? Like, no one knows I'm out here. Like, I can just quit. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what am I doing? Long story short, I'm dragging this out. But completing that was like a big breakthrough for me mentally. Yeah. And like, there were small like nuggets throughout that summer of like doing a hard ride. That was just like 20 miles Mm -hmm. or 30 miles and you know, that was like the start of it. But then doing that century was like, you know, I, 
I really learned then that cycling is like pretty much mental. Like your body will adapt yeah. pretty quickly, but then those rides, it's just a mental battle entirely. And so that taught me overcoming the mental struggles on the bike taught me how to overcome the mental battles just day to day. And then I was then able to like process day to day anxiety and like day to day depression better Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it was, uh, yeah, the start to what it is now for me. Dude, that's where it all started. That's where it all started. I guess I can just leave it with that even. Yeah. Yeah, Because then the next year was Lodoja completion, the whole thing. And then this year was podiums and (laughs) all sorts of fun stuff. What's the name of the one in Wendover you just did? The Salty Lizard. Salty Lizard. Yeah. Ended up doing pretty well on that one. And it was a ton of fun. But. Dude, it's crazy that all of it started with, you know, your dad's bike Mm -hmm. and some ankle socks. Well, I, I remember the first one, like the first true ride, my brother's friend's dad took me on. Mm-hmm. It was 12 miles. And like, dude, that hurt so bad. It was in the flat, like farm roads of Idaho. And, and you, did, you just I decided you're going to do it again. I don't think I rode after that ride for months. <laughs> like, dude, that sucked so bad. I was like, why the hell do people do this? I don't know. Why do they do it? It's a damn good question. Well, because I, I don't. I, that's why I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, I mean, one day you'll eventually buy my bike and uh, we'll get you out there. We're on our but way. We're on our way there. But I don't even know, what, I don't even know why we start, I started telling that story. Yeah. Oh, just being alone. Yeah. Kind of being, processing that. Being alone, where Speak started. Yeah, being... Like, the alone thing was... Uh, I don't know. Cycling was like a byproduct of that. It was like how I can fill my time being alone. (laughs) That just makes it even more depressing. (laughs) Because that was why I climbed too. And I bouldered. I didn't even do sports. I didn't have someone to blame me. So I got decent at bouldering in California. You're pretty good at it. I wouldn't say that. But like that's how I spent time. Because like it was something I could do alone. And Mm -hmm. then I'm a slight masochist. So like causing physical pain, being alone, like is what I've been doing for the past three years. Pretty consistently. A lot of solo trail runs, a lot of solo. The time I did temp, I came and stayed with you and like blew my knees out. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he did temp and then he fell down a glacier. Yeah, I slipped. So he's a, Leaving out a pretty crucial part of why the knees blew out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a freaking glacier. Yeah, they say don't go in the mountains alone, but uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, you're invincible. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, <laughs> what is it? The brave don't live forever. Cautious to live at all. Exactly. Just I'm all right. I've, I've just there's a been a, a few trips. I've sent Jake a quick text. Yeah. Well. The, to, to honestly there's been a few texts that i've received and i'm like well, dude this is it machin's gone like he's he's on his way out and i'm gonna have to bear like these last it's like his last will and testament to, to there was nothing that close i don't know man when when you were brand new to cycling 
And you'd hit me with like a, hey, I'm going to try to hit 150 miles a day or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, you've never done that before. And you're like, yeah, but like, if you just don't hear from me, like by tomorrow at six, come looking. And I'm like, um, all right. That's a little drastic. Okay. It is a little drastic. Might've been tomorrow at noon, but I mean, it was, I like, I've gotten I, I, more than usually one Jake's, Usually Jake's the contact that's like, here's the trailhead. Or like, here's where I'm at. Yeah, I'll receive a drop pin, and then it's like, hey, if you don't hear from me tomorrow at two, give me a call. I think the worst situation I was in when I did this, I went and did one of the Idaho uh, toilers. Oh, you did one of the peaks, yeah, right? alone, and like, yeah, I mean, I was out of cell service that entire day, but I'd given you like the you rough, can, yeah, because there wasn't like an that was a weird mountain. And, uh, anyways, I was up there and there wasn't like a super defined trail. <laughs> okay. And I didn't do any research. I don't even think I told you what's happened up there on this one. I don't know, man. So I didn't see anyone all day and I like lose the trail and I'm like scrambling on this like scree and it's like terrible rock conditions. And it just starts getting like steeper and steeper and steeper. And then like pretty quickly I'm like, Oh shit. Did you, did you like breach the tree line? Oh yeah. Well, in Idaho, you break the tree line so early. No, like you're just on the rocks. Anyway, it had gotten like so steep. I didn't feel comfortable down climbing. Yeah, uh, and I still had my hiking poles out. Uh huh. And I'm like, my face was against the rock wall. <laughs> Cause it was that it was steep enough. So like I had to like lean forward and like behind my back, like collapse my poles mm-hmm. and put them in my backpack. Cause I had to start using my hands. It was so steep. So you just started scaling the side of the mountain. Yeah. Like literally. It turned yeah. into a, a boulder. It's probably class. like a 50. How did you get down? Like a 40 foot section. Well, at that point I like looked around like, Oh, like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. but I can't down climb. So I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> yes, just keep going so out. I got through that section and like, it was just this really small patch of this like really, I mean, vertical portion. And like I climbed it real fast Yeah, and did. then it started to like mellow out again. And I was like, obviously that's not the way. And obviously I'm not going to go down that way. Heck, dude. But I was up there alone. And if I would have fell there, it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm getting out of that one. No, well, with that one, I still, you gave me a call. I was like, I was inside of a Walmart, I think. In my drive out? Yeah. I was, just on, I was in Walmart. Yeah, hey, what's up, dude? Hey, I'm uh, I'm about to go head out on this hike alone. If you don't hear from me tomorrow, like, here's where my truck is. And yep. I was like, okay, all right, sounds good. But I don't think I realized at the time what it was you were doing. No. Nah, it doesn't matter. You're here. Yeah. Got a great story out of it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess, I don't know, solo adventures are pretty fun. Dude, they are, but that completely contradicts the other thing about, nah, it doesn't contradict it because it's a whole different point cool. about traveling solo, but I guess that's just, you don't travel alone when your mental health is in the toilet. But it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt to go out and try to do something alone. Yeah, I and everyone's risk tolerance will be different. Yeah. And so like 
obviously there's things I shouldn't say obviously there's things like I shouldn't have done that one or like I don't know central Idaho you get very remote very fast and so you've got to be pretty careful yeah. in those situations but dude there's a there's another great story of Carter being out he was alone in Poland when mm. COVID-19 hit right and yeah I thought Carter was about to be stuck in Europe or Poland or whatever for like nine months. I thought you were done for. I thought you were going to be quarantined over there. Yeah. That night, yeah, because I was alone and Joe, 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 she calls me. It's like two in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm asleep, obviously, and she's like, hey, are you okay? And I'm, like, trying to wake up. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And she's like, Trump just banned travel from Europe. And I was just like, (laughs) delirious, like, still lights off everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? And I guess just, like, really quickly, when I was, like, going on this two-and-a-half-week journey, like, COVID-19 had just like broken out in china i don't even america had had its first case but like this is like no one thought the world was going to be shut down still yeah this this was was like late april wasn't it it was like late april early march so this is like right before everything really hit. yeah it was before like the toilet paper yeah scare you know like looking all the way back to that you (laughs) know dude (laughs) and i was like there's no way the world's travel is going to be shut down. She's like, you need to open your phone. And sure enough, like first article, like I was like, Oh damn. Like this is serious. Yeah. I got a text. I could still find it. get a text. And it's like, dude, I think I'm stuck in Poland. Yeah. Cause I immediately called the embassy Mm -hmm. and it sounded like a kid our age, like some Marine that was probably stationed there Mm -hmm. or like something. And I was like, hey, I'm American. I just read the news. Like, what do I do? <laughs> and he literally, he was talking to me like a friend. It wasn't like an official, like. Yeah. He's like, whatever. Oh, he was blows, like, bro. Uh, yeah, we just got the news too. And I was like, that checks out. <laughs> like, the article was like 10 minutes before. And yeah. I was like, yeah, so what do I do? He's like, um, we're not sure. Hold tight. Like, what the fuck do you mean hold tight? You're like, I'm in Poland, bro. Like, I have to get home, brother. Yeah. And so, like, I was kind of stressing out. And then I, like, checked all my flights because I had everything pre-bought. And then I was supposed to fly out of Paris. Mm-hmm. And Paris was still open. London was still open. And I think one other big city was still open. But everything else was shut down. So, I'm like, okay, don't panic yet. Like, stay calm. Yeah. Don't lose my head. So, I was going to go about my merry way. Went out, explored Prague that day, like had a great time. So I wasn't in Poland, I was in Czechia and uh, in Prague. Oh, you were on your way to Poland because you were going to go to Auschwitz. Yeah, I was going to go do a bunch of stuff. I still had like a lot of time to go do a lot of fun stuff. And um, yeah, and then that night I got the email that uh, Paris shut down. And then I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time to now, panic. Now now it's like, time. Oh, 
so this is real. Yeah, like, okay. This isn't um, punk. Now I need to uh, like really figure this shit out. And so you, I'm like, you got to England though, didn't you? Somehow. Well, yeah, I didn't know what to do yet. Still, and uh-huh. so for the next day, I'm like on hold with Lufanza forever. And they're like, yeah, you can reschedule. I'm like, sweet. Can I fly out to London? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, can I just like use your airline? <laughs> just In out London? of London? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you can reschedule out of Paris. And I'm like, well, when's Paris going to reopen? They're like, well, we don't know. And I'm like, I know I don't need to reiterate what's happening yeah. in the news. And like, you know, I'm an American. Like, <laughs> really? And they're like, no. I'm like, that doesn't sure. make any sense dude you would have been stuck there for months yeah i don't even remember how long that was shut down for i don't know it feels like a long time though yeah it probably feel like a long time if you're there too so i had to buy a brand new one way from london Mm -hmm. and then i had to get oh my gosh dude i had to get on a train to Dude, I don't even know what those chain of events were. You took like an underground tunnel. To no, the- that was in Istanbul before we got the shit fan. Oh, that's even better. No, but I, I did have to get on a train and then I missed my stop. Hmm. Yep. And I'm like on a deadline at this point. Like I had to get on the train and then get on a bus and then go to the city because I still had a flight booked from... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, Krakow or Krakow. Okay. And they were they let me change from uh, Krakow to Paris, and they let me change it to London. So I still had to get to Krakow like on a deadline. And so like I'm on this train, I miss my stop. I go to a completely other city, <laughs> and like this guy in my cab because it's like a Harry Potter train, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, oh, "I'll help you out. I'm getting off at the next stop." And so we get off. He like opens his car door in a manner to like let me in, and I just was gonna take it. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you have to lose? Yeah, I'm in a bad spot. Yeah, and he was well dressed and seemed normal. So, yeah, human trafficking pays great. Yeah. So anyway, well, I go to get in, and he like blocks me, and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, what? Yeah. I misread the situation. Uh, he was yeah. not giving me a ride. <laughs> okay. Well. And so he's like, oh, uh, I'll help you out. He'll give you directions. And I'm like, homie, I just missed my the last city. Uh-huh. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And he's like, all right, here's what you're going to do. And he just starts giving me by mouth, like, you're going to go down this street mm-hmm. and you're going to go left. And there's going to be a bus stop and you're going to get a number, whatever. And I'm like trying to take this in. And he's like, then you're going to get off that, that bus Mm -hmm. at this, you'll describes this thing, this building is like a parliament type city building. And then you're going to get on another one. And that's going to take you all the way back to the stop you missed. And I'm just like, (laughs) all right. He's like, good luck. And, and just sent you on your merry and, way. Yeah, I didn't write anything down. I was like, well, let's figure this out. Yeah, so I finally made it back. And that was like another couple hours of whatever. Um, Missed my bus to get to this cacao. And I had a flight the next morning so at like 7 a.m. Did I take a cab? No, I made it to the bus station that I had missed. Mm-hmm. 
and then I'd missed the time I was supposed to get on the bus, whatever, got on that bus, finally made it, and then, you know, got to London. There's like four other things went wrong between that and then London. And eventually making it home. Just everything that could have gone wrong did. Of course. Yeah, but... It's how it always goes. Yeah. It usually works out in the end, though. Dang. Most of the time. But, uh... Yeah, I guess there's some my European travels a couple years ago. Dude, that's insane. I'm just... Because you're 26. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how we talk about these things like there's... Like they happened so long ago. Like it, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. But like how much your life has changed every year and every two years and every chapter for the last few years... It's heavy, dude. Yeah. It's like there's it's been dude just I mean, the last three years have been Yeah, obviously life altering. Like I sent you that. We've been yeah. sending you some stuff recently from like snap memories and stuff, and I'm like, damn, like three <laughs> dude. years ago, like there's and been lifetimes lived. Yeah. absolute lifetimes. And it's like you're you're a better person because of it, but like holy crap, dude. Maybe. <laughs> In some, in, in, some, in some aspects, yeah. most of them. We'll, we'll believe that this this uh, universe, this timeline is checking out all right. Dude, I, I, I don't know. I think you're in a pretty good spot. You got, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. It's pretty solid. We're happy, with, we're happy with the means. We're happy with the ends. Yeah. Honestly, from there, like I would just bring up like almost just passion or principle or how... How would you even put it? How I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't want to rip off of this other guy's podcast or Mm -hmm. his thoughts and ideas. But, you know, I've heard people even like Grant Cardone talk about this idea of attention and how attention is a good thing no matter how you get it. But then I, I talk to you about things like this or even from that podcast and I wish I could reference it and actually give some credit. But I, I think about how even you just when you started bicycling and or cycling you didn't do it to grow a platform you didn't do it to gain any type of quote-unquote fame it was it's just something that it seems to be human nature that we enjoy when people become good at things and and we we start praising it almost just from becoming good at at cycling from being a good producer videographer photographer these kinds of things this rare mix of talents that, that you now hold mm-hmm. we've just started dude it's crazy just seeing your platforms and your everything just grab all this traction and whatever way you want to go from that you can you know yeah it's been uh i mean for lack of better terminology man it's just been been kind of a mind fuck <laughs> like seeing my life and it's like you know i'm in my own world so like i don't really see it yeah, and it's a lot when I go home to like small town Idaho and like my cousins and like aunts or like anything gives me a compliment and it's just like, yeah, what the hell? Like, what has happened? Dude, like you're like I, from being in college and like the <laughs> business major, like <laughs> going into marketing and I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do, and now it's like I probably gonna be living part-time in europe next year and 
yeah, just this weird mix of things and chain of events that have happened. Bro, but it's just like it's there's so much to be said about it. It's like is it like there's a tension from you being good at each of these things, but then there's also like you know, there's a side of you that doesn't like much attention and that doesn't pay attention or that doesn't pay attention to what it is. It's just it's this unique combination of you just being you, mm-hmm. but then also wanting to build a platform which is now turning into speak of this is why I live my life. This is how I ended up here. And I think the entire thing is just this big mix of you just being unapologetically you. So I appreciate that. Yeah. As opposed to Carter Machen, the marketer. I mean, I, (laughs) yeah. And like, obviously live in standards of life that, you know, wasn't me. Yeah. And it's been years of, you know, chipping away at stuff and like finding out who I am. I think that's, you know, maybe that's, that's why there is some traction of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Instagram famous. I'm not an influencer, like any of that. But like, yeah, I have slight opportunities to do stuff like this. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, think it's, it speaks to like a ton of other people. Like, I feel like people gravitate towards people that just are them entirely. Dude, not, I agree. People feel the authenticity for lack of a better word just they they see people living life to their to that person's full potential they they see people taking the risks they see people living just just living and they're like hey i i wish that were me how does he do it i've I've asked you for your philosophy on life several times and it's funny how that answer has changed year after year after year but the things that haven't changed are you know those core principles that almost make you you yeah so i guess it's yeah uh, it's just figuring out who you are and how you want to live according to it yeah and it's it's a scary thing especially the people around our age and like generation like breaking out and like doing things mm-hmm. how we want to do them and like running away from like the judgment and like what we're supposed to do and like get the degree and like do this then and this then this then this and then like when you step outside of that you know because security is nice it's it's comfortable it's it's wonderful it's uh but like as you know it's like you don't grow in the comfort areas of life no i agree it's funny i mean because it's like i'm almost going to derail but like my wife is an english teacher Uh uh-huh and should any of her students listen to this, I mean, I apologize wholeheartedly, but, <laughs> you know, I, you're talking about people taking the non-traditional routes of things. And it's funny because we can talk about that all day long, but like, I look at how everyone or so many more, so many more people want to live so much more unconventionally now. Mm-hmm. And it's because they see people that are blazing their own trail and they're thinking, I want to go do that. And I mean, we can, we can talk about all sorts of different things when it comes to the next generation, but I get thinking about them and Kaylee asks students who won't even read a book, who won't complete assignments, who skip classes and not saying that you can't do those things or whatever and not be successful or you yeah. will be successful because everyone you know, they, they have their entire potential and they'll, they'll figure out their full merit. That's fine. But it's these kids who can't focus, who can't go 
20 seconds in a class without looking at their phone who can't be where they are. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do when you're older? Oh, I'll just run a few businesses. It, it, it's like, yeah, well, how? How do you plan on yeah. doing this? How? And it's. I think it's going to cause a lot of cognitive dissonance in the future when people are thinking to themselves, well, I deserve to run a business. Well, I deserve to have several companies. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Like, I, I deserve this lifestyle. I deserve. Yeah. And their ability to run a company or their ability to start something, stick with it, stay focused on it is not going to match hardly at all what, what their expectations for life were. And yeah. if there's anyone that knows something about, you know, comfort versus pain, I look at you when you used to be with a company that was paying you a nice salary and you were making all your payments. You were, yeah. you were in a good position, you know, you had a fancy title and, good friends at the company and everything but you've stepped away and look at everything that came from that but i i just it makes me think you know with yeah and it's unfortunately it's a lie that's very well sold to us and everyone on social media like they see these entrepreneurs or business owners and it's like i i'll just do that and like when i was talking with mitchell thane yeah a couple weeks ago about this like yeah people see the the flights and like i mean yeah i'm riding my bike at like 2 p.m on a tuesday and (laughs) stuff like that it's not terrible (laughs) but it's like oh dude like the amount of nights i've just stared at the ceiling like (laughs) what have i done it's like like you know like my my time here in utah the last so i moved here a year ago exactly yeah like this week it's been it's been a year dude. it's been a roller coaster congratulations and yeah i guess touching on yeah i was salary in a position and then coming here was a risk you know to say the least yeah and uh and, and it was looking real bad for yeah. a good amount of time it i there were some moments there when you and i had conversations and it was just like i I don't even know what to tell you, Carter. Like, I don't know where you go from here. Like, and I mean, it sucks being the best friend looking in, but I can only imagine how that feels being the one, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, dude, we had talks where I was like, I I can't resign my lease. Yeah. I won't have a place to live. I can't, like, I can't go back to Idaho, really. Yeah. Like, my... I won't get into the situation here. why I, I was brought here and recruited to move down here by someone yeah, and how that ended, but it ended and it was just like, what am I going to do? And, but that's the thing, you know, everyone, I just, I look at your true journey of quote unquote, or not even quote unquote, just your true journey of entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. starting your own companies and making sure there, you know, money's coming from somewhere and you're putting together the plan for the next month and hopefully the next after that. And I, to take it back a step, and then I look at everyone else that just idolizes the lifestyle or the kids that think, for whatever reason, you walk into a career fair and there's a guy standing there with an entrepreneurship booth and he says, hey, if you want to start a company, 
here's 50 grand. Here's what your company is. Go step in, go start doing it. Yeah. It's like, there's so much more that goes into it than that. Yeah. And like, we've, we've talked a little bit about it. Um, like once I stopped chasing the dollar, Mm -hmm. like life got so much better for me. And like, I'm able to like have a super fun life, but it's like, I'm not like super, I'm not financially, you know, like I want to get that out there. Yeah. but And, but it's like, what's the trade off? Cause like, as we've talked about it and like, I'll lay out, you know, kind of what happened. I had a client in California Mm -hmm. who was awesome. And that was years ago. We've already touched on it in this conversation. Um, but yeah. And as you know, like recently Mm -hmm. he re-offered the position for, north of 200k yeah good sum of money and that is most like so much more than what i'm making (laughs) (laughs) like painfully more but when like that was offered it was like Mm -hmm. that's not the lifestyle i'm okay with living like the trade-off for like what i'll have to do for working things and so i think it's important for like people when they start going out there and like doing their thing, like you've got to be able to say no to opportunities, whether that's financially or you're in a relationship and things are checked, you know, quote, unquote, like the, the boxes are checked or like you're going to school and like this degree kind of makes sense, but it's like, you can say no. Yeah. And like you can change things. Like you have to look at like the longevity of life. Like we're here for a long time and I'm sick of people saying I'm here for a good time and not a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like make life enjoyable. Like take care of yourself. Like say no yeah. to like, you know, the things we're supposed to be doing. Well, dude, and building off of that, I think the cruelest joke is, or the cruelest part is just that, you don't change you don't chase the dollar and it, it's very it's proven it's just in the type of lifestyle you want to live and the type of mm-hmm. life you plan on having and admittedly i do chase the dollar mm-hmm. and the cruelest part about the entire thing is whether I'm, I'm chasing the dollar or whether i was chasing life or whatever we want to call it it's like i'm in no better position than i even was sometimes last month yeah and the time has passed and how we've used the time is differently. And it's like, congratulations, you know, I've chased the dollar and for what? Yeah. That's the sucky part. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, it's the risk. It's a risk. Like what, like what can come of it? And like, yeah, it's in just, the long run, like finance, like it's always good to have money. Like, yeah, it's good, <laughs> but it's, financially it's not set. the point of life, you know, it's not. No, it's not. And like, I haven't really talked to you about this just like for my last work trip. I was, I'm able to be around people that make a lot of money. Oh yeah, um, I know. And like, I was around a table with some people and then they, it's like this business thing and they help each other they lay out their finances and they like help each other how to elevate their stuff. Holy smokes. Um, and so one guy was worth, uh, around 40 million. Another guy's worth more than that. Um, another guy was worth, uh, 180 million. 
Um, and so they're laying all their stuff out. And I'm like, this is fascinating. Uh-huh. Like, these people are doing phenomenal quotes around that word, you know? Yeah. I mean, and they lay out a five year plan and they're all in their 40s and 50s. And they start going through all this stuff. And it's like, I want to do this, 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 and like buy a jet and buy a yacht and buy a cabin in Montana and like all these things. And I'm just like sitting there in the back and I'm like, why? Hmm. Like, why are you, like you make, you have so much money and you just want to make more money. And the funny, like the excuse at the end of the day on all of them was I'm doing it for my family. And I'm not saying they're lying or that's bullshit. But at the end of the day, it's like, how much more time are you going to vote away from them? It's like, do you think your 12 year old kid cares to like go on a yacht and spend time with you? Like maybe he just wants to spend time with you. Yeah. I mean, and like this other guy that's worth 180 million, I drove him home and it was just him and I, and that was a really weird thing for a minute. It was like a 30 minute car ride and we were just shooting the shit. Chauffeur Carter. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that was my job once in high school. I like it. And um, long story short, I get to his house and I'm dropping him off. And he's like, you know, jokingly apologizing that he talks a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, hey, but if it's business, politics, uh, or sex, I'll talk. I won't talk about it unless it's those things. And he's like, he reaches out to shake my hand to like get out of the car and like I shake his hand and I'm like, Oh man, like you're missing out on a ton of life. <laughs> you told him that. Yeah. And like he laughed and he's like, appreciate it. Like appreciate the ride. And he like, he got out and I walked, watched him walk into this monstrosity of a house. Oh, I'm like, sure. It was huge. <laughs> I'm, sure and, I'm sure this thing was disgusting. Oh, the neighborhood, the gate, uh-huh. the, whole, the whole nine. And what i just had another 30 minute quiet drive home and i just thought about it the whole time like i can't judge it like that's how he wants to live his life and he's very happy he helps a ton of people like this dude is not like a narcissistic egotistical ass Mm -hmm. like this guy gives a lot away he helps a lot of programs like he builds things in other countries like cool dude yeah but at the same time he was kind of the exception of the group, but a lot of those guys are just like chasing money for money, chasing the dollars, like to have, the dollar. Yeah. And like, kind of, kind of goes without saying like we live in Utah. Hey, I'll be the first to say I would not mind being worth 180 mil. I wouldn't either. But like we see the, what kids try to live our age here. Yeah. Just chasing perfection, chasing the dollar, chasing, being the business owner, the, the biggest house on the block. I mean, I get it. I, yeah, like everybody needs the nicest car. Like everybody needs the nicest house. And it's this front of, for what? Probably runs, uh, runs a bit deeper than you know, it's worth getting into right now. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but maybe not. That was in Tennessee. Yeah, I thought it was one of like the North Dakota ones. I was like, "Well, what's the trade-off of being worth 180 mil if you live in North Dakota?" But 
<laughs> Maybe they know no, something I don't. I a different event. Can't claim to know everything. Because, I mean, there, there are just weeks where, you know, I mean, obviously, I think everyone has it. Where you just feel pressure. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how you can flip it back and forth between, like, and I'll probably say this again in future podcasts and stuff. Because I think it all the time about, like, the difference between all these people saying, you know, pressure is a privilege. And, and like, I think of it a lot of the time. And I'm like, peace of mind is a privilege. Like, everybody has pressure. Like, every, everyone feels it. Yeah. Especially, like, people that own homes. Like, my biggest form of pressure is my mortgage. Like, by far. Uh-huh. And it's, like, making sure that there's a role here. And it's, it's like a piece of my identity that's like a as a husband that I need to fulfill that like I take care of this house like I make sure that payment is made that's pressure yeah. and all these dudes and all these wives or whoever like all these homeowners they feel that same pressure yeah. it's like is that really a privilege like it, to a degree absolutely like I'm, I'm a homeowner that's a huge a privilege home. yeah like that I will I'll admit that that but to like a different extent, there's like this absolute peace of mind is, is a privilege and you can work backwards on that because like uh, I do, I do door to door sales and, yeah. it, and it's very popular in our culture to always say like pre- pressure is a privilege, like how awesome that we get to go out and work this hard. And it's like, yeah, that is true. How awesome that we go- get to go out and work this hard, mm-hmm. but only to the extent of how blessed are we that we are even sometimes able to make the type of money that that offers us and gives us peace of mind that's where that's where i find the privilege it's like that's where peace of mind is this privilege not the pressure not the pressure of like the day-to-day work that that in and of itself is also a gift it's awesome but i i think there's just a huge disconnect there sometimes yeah i would agree with that like how important it really is, yeah, just to be able to be at peace of mind and just be able to like sit with yourself, yeah, and like enjoy your own company, like yeah. enjoy your own thoughts for a bit, yeah. And like you texted me a couple weeks ago about being alone and cycling and like those drawbacks or not drawbacks, but connections and things. And it's a lot of work, and it's hard to be able to just sit with yourself and like not be stressed out of your damn mind. Yeah. Like life is crazy. And and like those moments that you just have to yourself where you're where you're truly okay with who you are, where you are in life, like that's that is a privilege. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Cause I, I texted you like a little backstory. I made some mistakes years back that cost me, you know, friendship. A few friendships that yeah. were that mean that meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. And like to this day, those are still things that, you know, if I dwell on, I'm sure it's still, you know, get me down or whatever. But since then, I've spent a whole lot more, a whole lot more of my time alone. And I sat there one day and I, I hadn't felt alone in a long time. I mean, I'm married. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with my wife and I'm not lonely. But for the first time, for some reason, I was driving home from the gym and I just felt alone. And I was like, what the freak? Like, I haven't felt this in a long time like i haven't felt lonely mm-hmm. in a very long time and i was like damn like who it's <laughs> like who who can live like this and no shade to you man but i was like 
Carter felt this for a long time. And so I texted you and I was like, dude, what, like, what has cycling or endurance sports, like, what has it done to That's increase? That's why you text me. Yeah. Like, I was, I was like, how has cycling increased your capacity to be alone? Oh, because I was okay. like, what can I do? Like, how do I escape this? And lucky for me, it was, it was short lived and it was gone before the end of the night. But, but you know the feeling. But, and it was a terrible feeling. I mean, it was 10, 20, 30, maybe an hour. But mm-hmm. it was it was just a minute there. I got home. Kaylee was at work. I and I was just sitting on the couch, and I was like, "Man, it's like who's in my life?" Like when it comes back down to it, like and and connection is a whole different yeah animal that we can tackle some other time. But dude, I I was like, I need a friend. Like I need something. And so I texted you just to figure out like where's this threshold and how did you how did you even discover that it exists oh. and welcome to biking like well, welcome I, to biking welcome to cycling i don't know man i, was, I feel bad i gave such a shitty answer right uh, <laughs> i didn't know that's where that question was coming from <laughs> i was just like what the hell is jake thinking about this right now <laughs> he texted me he really, it was literally just like yeah, dude, I'd say it, it's helped a bit. And I was like, for sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm happy it did. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the gym and get on a stationary for a second or something, dude, man. I don't know. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, you're good. Um, uh, I actually laughed out loud when you texted that back because I was like, man, maybe I was this type of friend sometimes too without realizing it. So I guess oh, it's, it's good to taste your own medicine sometimes. <laughs> Well, dude, I mean, yeah, thanks for telling me now. Oh, um, of course, and apparently everyone else, but... Yeah, yeah, the loneliness thing, it's heavy, and I think... Dude, it is. A lot of people, it's it's hard to confront. I think that's the hardest part, because like, I think a lot of people are lonely, or feel lonely, and that's the thing, like, mm-hmm. you feel it, and you're not necessarily are, because, like, that's what took me so long to, like, understand, because, like, at the end of the day whatever your mind wants to play tricks on you, like you could call me, you know, yeah. you have your wife, you have a like, you have your parent, like there are people there, but for someone who's like, and you said you only like had to deal with it for like an hour. Oh, that most. And like in my situation and like what it was and like for other people, like there's years even, um, there's months where it's like, I am so alone. And if anyone's like that, like now you're going through that, like it's so hard to, um, like beat those lies you tell yourself, like, yeah, because it's bullshit. It's not true. Like I believe that for years. Like the weight of loneliness is like so hard, and it takes like a lot of fucking work, um, to like overcome those things for sure. And yeah, like in my case, like cycling helped me. Um. But that's a hard thing for people our age to, I think, you know, square up and front. So did the lies help? Did the lies help? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, you're just beating the lies and it's like not to pry, but, you know, sometimes you do have, I'm assuming you have to wake up and be like, oh, this is fine. Like, it's just one more day. Like, I'll, I'll be back and feeling well tomorrow. And like. Because um, sometimes it's just 
it's like the guy that you know, I'm putting the story to absolute shame, but you know, he'd he'd draw a line in the sand and drag himself past it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and so it's like maybe that's what loneliness is. Sometimes it's just drawing a line and getting to it. Or, I mean, like, I guess like the lies I mentioned was like, like I believe believed, like no one cared. And like, you believe that there is no one there and you believe that you're worthless and like, why haven't I been in a relationship in three years? And like, why does nothing work out? And like, why don't I have any friends? (laughs) (laughs) There's like so many things you have to like front and there's some things like you also need to take, uh, responsibility for. Yeah. And that was like kind of the biggest thing that, you know, got me out of all those like really bad thoughts. Like you have to understand that you're the villain of your own story Hmm. to think that you're just the victim to the world's things. And like, that's why you're sad. Like there are things that happen outside of your control and like people do bad things to you and Mm -hmm. that will happen. But you have to look in the mirror and be like, I have done bad things. I have tendencies that are not healthy. I have habits that are not healthy. Like I treat people like shit. Like you don't, it's hard to like look at yourself like that, but you have to front it. Yep. Like we all have the dark sides of ourselves. And a lot of that feeds into feeling lonely. Yeah. I can see, uh, I can see how that could bury someone pretty quick. Yeah. And I think everyone's kind of sets in a little differently. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a, like, it's a hard thing. So I guess when you had that hour, like what (laughs) got you out of it? Or I guess what? Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. You, you can't track your thoughts. You know what I mean? Like you, so I was just kind of sitting there and I was, I was just driving home, just driving home from the gym. I've got a, I've got a lot of good friends, but kind of seems like, you know, they get married, they move away. They, life goes on. Yeah. You just lose track of them sometimes. And I just, I was just thinking about everyone that I don't have in my life as opposed to everyone that I do. Mm. And I, like it just it took me a minute there, just you know thinking about people I've lost, and then it, and I was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, this friendship isn't what it was, or this person isn't who they were to me, and mm-hmm. and so I mean that just sucked. I mean I ultimately got pulled out of it probably just when I heard the garage door opening, and I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. I've got a wife and then I, I texted you and I was like, Oh, I got Carter. And you know, you, you try to stay off social media because you see everyone else, but luckily, you know, you start seeing names and you're like, you know, truth be told, if I gave this guy a call, he'd probably call back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I count myself pretty lucky to actually not have to have systems to pull myself out of those types of things. I wouldn't say I go there often, yeah. Thank goodness. Like I'm, yeah. I'm lucky for that, but I don't know, man. I guess it, it just, it made me, if anything, it made me really think about 
it's like you in those few years and what cycling's done for you, what speak is and who it aims to speak to. Yeah. And like, I guess we still, I still haven't even like talked about like speak, (laughs) (laughs) but we can talk about that or you can talk about that in a few weeks too. Or yeah. And like, I mean, very shortly, it's just, it's good to get it out. Like it came from the Bulgarian word, like Kaji, like the command, like, yeah. Command form. Say it, you know, with your chest. Yeah. Say with your chest, like, you know, Jordan Peterson, like stand up with your shoulders back. Um, and get it out and it's that's a pretty crucial point and like i think that's maybe why it took me so long to (laughs) you know figure my shit out because like i still am a secluded person for the most part um but everyone like has their way of living and i'm not an extrovert so i'm not gonna go out and like make a bunch of friends but yeah it's important like like you see the people, it's like, a, like you could have called me or you could have called so-and-so and like your wife got back. And so there's those uh, relationships. And like the few people I do meet here and I talk about like the people that are most important in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they think this way about me, but <laughs> like I talk to them like maybe once every six months. Like, wow. The jokes we were saying earlier, how like my table's small and there's like too many chairs at this table that we're at right now. <laughs> like that's not necessarily true, but there's just like people. And like last night, I went and got a drink with a buddy, and like we were talking, and it was like like we hadn't seen each other for two years, and wow. we both were like, "That's like can't be, like that can't be true." And like, but like it, it is. Yeah. But there's like no less love I have for him, you know? Yeah. I have a lot of people like that. Like my buddy Trevor at like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Like we don't text every day or weekly or monthly. Like he comes back for like Christmas every year because he's been out east. And yeah. Like, dude, I will make any time to like go fish with him or go do something with him when he's back in town. And, like, we're not close. Like, we don't share this type of stuff with each other. Yeah. And then, like, James Woods. I was about to say Mr. James Woods. I love that guy. Phenomenal human being. And I might talk to him once a year, you know? Yeah. Um, Coleman? Huh? Coleman? Love him. Every time I can. Yeah. Like, we're going to dinner. And there's just, like, those people, like, you have. And, like, there are relationships that are meaningful. um, But it's so easy when the loneliness sets starts to set in. Yeah. Um, cause like, you know, depending on how you view like the relationships, for example, I just described, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I don't, they only talk to me once a year or they only talk to me like once every six months. I'm like, Oh, like no one invites me out. And it's like, the phone's always two ways. And that's, you know, it is pretty heavy when like no one starts to like invite you out and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, you know or like adults and like yeah like everyone's living their life they're yeah, just figuring and, uh, it out everyone's just kind of gotta cope with that their own way well yeah dude i guess thanks for uh sitting down and chatting for a bit i'm happy to do it yeah and i guess happy to be here <laughs> yeah it's fun to like kind of just go way more relaxed into these because like all my other episodes for this is a little bit more you know 
just telling other people's stories and like getting things out there. And I haven't established what this podcast even is and what it's about. And this, this, that conversation really even didn't do that very well. Well, I just, dude, I listened to the podcast. I, I obviously listened just cause you're my uh-huh. bud, but like I, Oh yeah, it's not good, but it's just cause you're my friend. Give me no, the sympathy. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> sympathy numbers. I'm running on my iPad, laptop and phone just to make sure. The audio's not even on. You're just going to give me the stats. Yeah, but, dude, yeah I, I understand. It's muted. Yep. I run it on loop. I'm just I'm boosting. No, dude. I, I mean, cause I listened to him and then I, I, I was like, Oh crap. Like what, what are we going to talk about? But yeah. But at the same time, like, I I don't know. I guess I'm actually pretty happy that we kept it this lax, at least for the first time I ever talked to you. It, yeah. I and like, know. well, and for everyone listening, like, Jake and I will be doing these a little bit here and there just to be able to talk and, I don't know, be a little bit more casual and be myself a little bit more, you know. Happy to do it. Not happy to do it, but I just, like I said, man, I don't know. I think, I think people are happy to finally have somewhere or someone with whom they can share their actual stories mm-hmm. you know or what they've learned from them who they've become and you like you offer them this really cool outlet it was and it's like a super low pressure environment and people just get to be themselves with you as well so i don't know like i've i've enjoyed each of the shows i'm excited to see who else you're going to get on because i know you've been meeting with quite a few people lately so it's yeah, kind of. Like I said, man, just happy to be here, it. dude. It's happy you're here, man. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, it has been. It's a ride miracle. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, Teddy Fry, it's good to have you on. Yeah. Thanks, Jody. <laughs> <laughs>